Sometimes I still try to take control Cause I get scared when I can't see the end And all you need from me is to let go Chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Daniel chapter 3. Can y'all hear me? Probably more than you want to. Isn't it good to be in the Lord's house? Isn't it good to be saved? It's good to know the Lord. Good to be redeemed. I don't know about y'all, but I'm glad I know that if I die today where I'm going, I'm glad there's no doubt, I'm glad there's no fear when it comes to eternity. If you're here today and never been saved, we want you to be saved. I want to talk to you this morning about the humiliation of Nebuchadnezzar. 
And in our Sunday school, in our young adult class, we've been going through the book of Daniel. And in this, Nebuchadnezzar and the story of Nebuchadnezzar, it's just convicted my heart. And I, I've just tried to get away from this sermon, but God wouldn't let me. And so I want to preach to you this morning on the humiliation of Nebuchadnezzar. And the things that took place in his life to humble this man down to the place that God could do something with him. And it's debated whether or not Nebuchadnezzar had got saved. It's debated whether or not he was a saved child of God. And we can debate that, but we're not. But this man seeing the power of God, and this man made a change in his life. And I want to see what took place in his life to change him. And the one thing it took was to humble this man down. God knows how to humble a man. He knows how to get us in that place where we can see him. Daniel chapter 3, and in verse 24, if there's anything worth standing up for, it's God's word. Stand with me. Daniel 3 and 24. Then Nebuchadnezzar the king was astonished and rose up in haste and spake and said unto his counselors, Did not we cast three men bound in the midst of the fire? They answered and said unto the king, True, O king. And he answered and said, Lo, I see four men loose, walking in the midst of the fire. And they have no hurt, and the form of the fourth is like the Son of God. Aren't you glad he's with us in the fire? Then Nebuchadnezzar came near to the mouth of the burning fiery furnace, spake and said, Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, ye servants of the Most High God, come forth, come hither. Then Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego came forth of the midst of the fire, the princes, the governors, and captains, and the king's counselors, being gathered together, saw these men upon whose bodies the fire had no power, nor was a hair of their head singed. Neither were their coats changed, nor the smell of fire had passed on them. Then Nebuchadnezzar spake and said, Blessed be the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, who has sent his angel and delivered his servants that trusted in him, and have changed the king's word and yielded their bodies that they may not serve nor worship any god except their own god therefore i make a decree that every people nation and language which speak anything amiss against the god of shadrach meshach and abednego shall be cut in pieces and their houses shall be made a dunghill because there is no other god that can deliver after this sort then the king promoted Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego in the province of Babylon. Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, and languages that dwell in all the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God had wrought toward me. How great are his signs and how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom and his dominion is from generation to generation. If you would look over in verse 34. And at the end of the days, I, Nebuchadnezzar, lifted up my eyes unto heaven, and my understanding returned unto me, and I blessed the Most High. And I praised and honored him that liveth forever, whose dominion is an everlasting dominion, and his kingdom is from generation to generation. 
and all the inhabitants of the earth are reputed as nothing. And he doeth according to his will in the army of heaven and among the inhabitants of earth. And none can stay his hand or say unto him, What doest thou? At the same time, my reason returned unto me. Boy, it's hard to fight that old flesh, isn't it? And for the glory of my kingdom, my honor, my brightness returned unto me, and my counselors, and my Lord sought unto me, and I was established in my kingdom, and excellent majesty was added unto me. Now listen. Now I, Nebuchadnezzar, praise and extol and honor the King of heaven, all whose works are truth, and his ways judgment. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. Dear Heavenly Father, bless the reading of your word. Give me power from on high to preach it. Lord, I pray that we would answer to the convictions that you've placed on our hearts. In Jesus' name I pray. Amen. You may be seated. I want to preach to you this morning on the subject, the humiliation of Nebuchadnezzar. I want you to notice the very last words of one of the most powerful Gentile kings that there's ever been in the history of mankind. And those that walk in pride, he is able to abase. The Bible says in 1 John chapter 2, For all that is in the world, the lust of the flesh, the lust of the eyes, and the pride of life is not of the Father, but is of the world. The Bible says that we are born with the pride of life. And the pride of life is the love for self. It is the natural ability to promote self above everyone else. The pride of life. Our ways come first. Our thoughts come first. Everything about us. It's about me, me, and me. You don't have to try to be prideful. You don't have to try to be selfish. It comes naturally. It is within our sinful nature to be selfish and self-centered and put ourselves number one. If we ever read in the Bible of a prideful man, Nebuchadnezzar was a man full of pride. There was a kingdom that he had that was greater than all the other kingdoms, and he loved his kingdom, and this man had the pride of life. It was all about him. It was all about his kingdom and his way. This man had the pride of life. May I tell you that hell is full this morning because of the pride of life. Hell is full this morning because of the pride of life. There's a lot of people that are living in misery today because of the pride of life. The pride of life will ruin your life. The pride of life will rob you of a heavenly home. The pride of life will put you in a place that you are dangerous and allow your family and self to be acceptable to the attack of Satan. The pride of life is what tells God no. The pride of life is what, is, is what tells ourselves we don't need any help in this. We're strong enough. We're big enough. We're smart enough. We don't need anybody's help. The pride of life is why hell is full today. The pride of life is why people are sitting in the pews of the church houses lost and dying and going to hell. The pride of life is what's stopping Christians to go the, the next step with Jesus and their disciple life. The pride of life is what robs us of blessings over and over again because we won't let God be the God of our life. The pride of life. Don't let the pride of life ruin you. Humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Humble yourself. 
And I've learned this, that God will allow you to humble yourself. God's pretty good at humbling us. God's pretty good at getting us in that place of humiliating us. But I've learned this about God, that He has the the grace and the long-suffering to allow us to humble ourselves. Isn't that awesome? That God allows us to humble ourselves. i got to turn this off. Hear me now. All right. This thing's driving me crazy. All right. But God allows us the opportunity to humble ourselves. And if we refuse to humble ourselves, he will allow us to go through a process of humiliation, a process of humbling us down. May I say today, may I give you this wisdom, humble yourselves before the mighty hand of God. Do not allow the Lord to put you in these circumstances so that he can humble you for you. God can humble you today. And you don't want to experience that. I want us to notice what this man went through to get to the place of humiliation. Notice, number one, the devaluation of self. I want you to look back in chapter 2 in verse 37. Chapter 2 in verse 37. Daniel was given Nebuchadnezzar the interpretation of the dream that he had. And he said, Thou, O king, art a king of kings. For the God of heaven hath given thee a kingdom, power, strength, and glory. And wheresoever the children of men dwell, the beasts of the field and the fowls of the heaven hath he given into thy hand, and hath made thee ruler over all them. Thou art this head of gold. You see... Uh, He's seen this statue, and Daniel gave the interpretation of this, and it was four kingdoms. And the first kingdom was the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. If there's ever been a strong, powerful kingdom, it was the kingdom of Nebuchadnezzar. This man had a kingdom above all. He had a glory above all. He had strength above all. He had power and might above all. And God allowed him to have this strength, might, and power. And he had this great kingdom in his life. So it was easy for this man to be full of pride. Look at what I've got. Look what I've done. Look what I've accomplished. Look at the the homes that I own. Look at the land that I have. Look at the vehicles that I drive. Look at everything that I have accomplished in my life. We all have our own kingdom. And there is a natural desire within us to promote our own kingdom and to be proud of our own kingdom. And this man was proud of his own kingdom. Look at what I've accomplished in my life. Daniel said you will rise to power because God will allow you to rise to power. If God didn't want this man to rise to power, he wouldn't arose to power. Amen? God would have stopped him. God allowed him. God gave him. God provided everything that this man had even though he was lost. May I tell you, we would not be anything without the Lord. And this man had to get to the point and place that he had to look through the strength of his kingdom to see a greater kingdom. And he had to understand that as great as his own life was, and as great as his own power was, there was one that was greater than him. And sometimes we are so stuck on our own kingdom that we can't even see the kingdom that's better than our kingdom. May I tell you, sometimes we get stuck so much on self that we can't even see the might and power of an almighty God. We need to devalue ourselves. We need to understand that our 
kingdom can crumble. I want you to notice in chapter 3, in verse 13, notice what he said. Then Nebuchadnezzar in his rage and fury commanded to bring Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego. Then they brought these men before the king, and Nebuchadnezzar spake and said unto them, It is true, O Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego, do not ye serve my gods, nor worship the golden image which I have set up? Now if ye be ready that at what time ye hear the sound of the cornet, flute, harp, sackbut, psaltery, dulcimer, and all kinds of music, ye shall fall down and worship the image which I have made well. But if ye worship not, ye shall be cast the same hour in the midst of a burning fiery furnace. And who is that God that shall deliver you out of my hands? You notice what he said? You're going to do what I say. This man was so hung up on his own will in his own way that he couldn't even acknowledge the will and the ways of the Lord. And these men would not bow down. And this guy said, you're going to bow down because this is going to be my way. And my way is my God. And when I tell the music to sound off, you will bow down at my word because it's my way and I'll cry if I want to. (laughs) That's kind of how Nebuchadnezzar was. It's my party and I'll cry if I want to. I'm going to get my way. And if you don't bow down by George, I'm going to throw you in the midst of the burning fiery furnace and I'm going to end your life. And this so-called God that you have, you know, is he going to deliver you from this fire? Bless God, he did deliver him from the fire. And this man was so wrapped up on self, he had his own agenda. He had his own God. He didn't need the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob because he made up his own God. It's my way. It's my strength. It's my plan. It's my purpose. It's my thoughts. It's my life. How many times we told God, God, it's my life. How many men refuse to surrender to preach because we say it's my life and not yours? How many times us as God's people refuse to get in God's will because we say it's my life and we want to do it this way? And that's exactly what Nebuchadnezzar said. It's going to be my way. (laughs) God said, "Uh uh-uh. The Lord said, no way. I'm still high. I'm still holy. I'm still on my throne. You think it's your way, but it's really going to be God's way. And when crying time is getting here, may I tell you that we may have our own agendas. We may have our own plans in our own life, but God has his. And his will win out every single time. He will win out every single time. This man had to get to the place that he realized that there was a will greater than his. There was a way better than his. There was a plan and a purpose better than his. In Luke chapter 14, Jesus gives a parable of a man, of a guest that is going to the wedding service. And in the wedding service, this man just volunteers himself to be put in the, in the high place, in the chair that everybody can see him. And he simply, everywhere this guest went, he wanted to be seen. He didn't want people to promote him. He wanted to promote self. He wanted him to be seen. He wanted himself to be revealed by every eye. Isn't it amazing sometimes in our life we get that way? But Jesus has given this parable, and Jesus simply said this, For whosoever exalteth himself shall be abased, and he that humbleth himself shall be exalted. You see, in Hebrews, the writer said, Humble yourselves under the mighty hand of God that he may exalt you in due time. 
If there's going to be a humiliation, there must be a devaluation of self. We must devalue ourselves to the place that we realize it's not all about me. It's not all about me. And let me tell you, that's hard to do sometimes. It's hard to do to get to that place where we humble ourselves. Because it's natural, we want to exalt ourselves. Look at me. Look at me. I want to be in the light. Look at me. Look at me. God's people, God does not want us to be like that. He wants our life to be about Him and not about us. When we preach, He doesn't want it to be about us. He wants it to be about Him. When we teach, it's not about us. It's about Him. When we sing, it's not about us. It's about Him. When we serve Him, it's not about us. But it's about Him. To get rid of self. To get focused on Him so that He can exalt you. And if you humble yourself today before the mighty hand of God, He will raise you up. And the lower you make yourself, bless God, the higher He's going to get. Isn't that awesome? Let Him be exalted in your life. I want you to look here in our text, chapter 3 and verse 29. Notice number 2, the deliverance of Jesus. You know what humbled this man more than anything? It's just to see the good old-fashioned saving power of Jesus Christ. In Daniel chapter 3 and verse 29, Therefore I make a decree that every people, nation, and language would speak anything amidst the God of Shadrach, Meshach, and Abednego shall be cut in pieces, and their houses shall be made a dunghill, because there is no other God that can deliver after this sort. This man put all of his rage and all of his fury on these three men. And all of his power and all of his kingdom could not destroy what God had given life to. And all that he was, he put everything into the destruction of these three men because these three men opposed the pride of Nebuchadnezzar. And Nebuchadnezzar put these men, and he said, bump it up, boys. He said, you pump the air to it, and you kick it up, and let's burn them alive. If they're going to oppose me, I'll teach them, and I'll show them. Them three Hebrew children said, go ahead. Throw us in the fire. Our God's going to deliver us. Our God's going to deliver us. If not, it's going to be okay. It's going to be okay. So them men were thrown in the midst of the burning, fiery furnace, and this old prideful law. Gentile king man that was all wrapped up in self. Oh, he was happy. He was satisfied to see these three men destroyed. And he threw them in the midst of the burning fiery furnace. And they said, whoa, hold on a second. I see four men loose walking in the midst of the fire. Now I want you to notice something. This man that didn't believe in the God of Abraham, Isaac, and Jacob looked down in the midst of that fire and he saw the fourth. And the fourth was the fourth of the Son of God. He recognized Jesus. He recognized the Son of the living God. This lost Gentile king looked in the midst of the life of three faithful servants that were serving Jesus and he saw Jesus with them. And he looked down and said, Whoa! Hold on a minute. I thought we threw three down there. Child of God, you're not alone. You're not alone. He's in the fire with you. Bless God. Man, I'm telling you, his life changed. They got him out of the fire. He said, get him out of there. Their hair wasn't even singed. 
They couldn't even smell smoke on these three boys. It was like they wasn't even in the fire. And they said, let me tell you something. We're going to tear down this statue. We're going to tear down my kingdom. We're fixing to exalt another kingdom. Because I've just seen a God that's greater than me. I've just seen a power and a force that's above mine. And you know what happened to this man? The good old saving power of Jesus changed his life. And he said, surely if this Jesus can, cha- can save these three men, surely he can save me. And this man is fixing to make a lifestyle change because he got to see the power of Jesus Christ. There's nothing that humbles me more than for me to see the saving power of Jesus Christ. I can get prideful. I can get out of the will of God. But when I see God saving old lost sinners... There's something about seeing sinners get saved that humbles my heart. There is something that no matter how prideful I get, when I see the saving power of Jesus, the redemptive power to come in and get an old drunk and an old drug addict and an old adulterer and get them out of sin and clean them up and save them and make them whole and forgive them. I don't know about you, but that humbles me more than anything in my life. I was talking last night with a grown man, and oh, man... He said, listen, I'm strong, I'm mighty, I'm powerful, but when I begin to give my testimony, I can't help but cry like a big old baby. He said, I get humble every time I think about what God has done in my life. There is nothing that will humble you more than to see the saving power of God in this place. As I look around, I see lives transformed. I see people used to, used to focus on alcohol and addiction and drugs, but bless God, they're not looking at that anymore. They're looking at Jesus and Him crucified. I don't know about y'all, but it humbles me to see that there's folks that used to not go to church that spend more time in the bar than they would the church house. But bless God, God saved them. God changed them. God transformed them. And I don't know about you, but that humbles me. That humbles me to see the power of an almighty God. 1 Timothy chapter 1, if you're with me, say amen. If you don't get broken down to see the redemptive power of Jesus, something's wrong. Something's wrong. 1 Timothy chapter 1. Oh man, the Apostle Paul is the greatest, one of the greatest apostles, one of the greatest Christians, but he was also one of the greatest sinners. <laughs> oh man, Paul never forgot where he came from. He never forgot where God brought him from. And let me tell you something, if you're saved today, don't you forget where you come from. Don't you forget your lost nature. Don't you forget where you were headed one day. 1 Timothy chapter 1 and verse 12. And I thank Christ Jesus our Lord, who hath enabled me, that he counted me faithful, putting me into the ministry. Now listen. Who was before a blasphemer, and a persecutor, and injurious, but I obtained mercy. Because I did it ignorantly in unbelief. Listen. And the grace of our Lord was exceeding abundant with faith and love, which is in Christ Jesus. This is a faithful saying, and worthy of all acceptation, that Christ Jesus came into the world to save sinners, of whom I'm chief. He came into the world to save sinners. You say, preacher, what does humble you? What does, why does it humble you so much to see Jesus save sinners? Because I'm a sinner. 
And there was a day that I was dying and going to a devil's hell. There was a day that I was unworthy, I was unfit for the kingdom of God. There was a day that I was of no good, of no use for the use of the king. But I'm telling you, he saved me. He changed me. He washed me. He made me white as snow. He made me whole again. I was born again. I became a new creature. Amen. Y'all come on, amen. That, that's good preaching. Come on. Get excited about being saved. Get excited about being washed in the blood of Jesus. My mercy, if that doesn't put fire in your bones, something's wrong with you. It ought to humble your soul to remember where you come from. There's a day that I was lost, dying and going to a devil's hell. And just in, just in time, Jesus reached down when I couldn't reach up to him. He reached down to me and he saved my wretched soul. I don't know about y'all, but that humbles me to be reminded of the shed blood of Jesus Christ. Oh, aren't you glad he saves old sinners? Aren't you glad he saves old sinners? I'm going to keep preaching and I'm going to preach to y'all amen, okay? Aren't you glad he saves old sinners? Aren't you glad he forgives you? Aren't you glad he redeems you? Aren't you glad he rescued you? If I doesn't get you excited, something's wrong. I love the old song that says, the drunk on the street, the rich in the palaces, the poor and unlearned and the men of degree, they all have a soul in need of salvation and they all have to come by way of Calvary. Was I so bad that I needed forgiveness? Was I so wrong? I had to be redeemed. Well, I wasn't a thief yet I lived in sin's prison. So I was wrong as a sinner could be. I'm so glad God saves old sinners. I'm thrilled and amazed how he sets them free. But the biggest surprise in redeeming old sinners is that he could save an old sinner like me. <laughs> oh, praise the Lord. Aren't you glad he still saves old sinners? Nebuchadnezzar was humbled when he seen the saving power of Jesus Christ. Chapter 4 of Daniel. I'm almost done. Hold on. Verse 1. Nebuchadnezzar the king unto all people, nations, languages that dwell in the earth. Peace be multiplied unto you. I thought it good to show the signs and wonders that the high God hath wrought toward me. How great are his signs, how mighty are his wonders. His kingdom is an everlasting kingdom. His dominion is from generation to generation. You know what humbled this man was the dominion of God. He realized that at the end of the day there was a kingdom greater than his. He realized that though his kingdom rose to power, there was coming a day that it would fall. And it did fall. It did fall. It fell under the leadership of his son. And it fell to King Darius, which his kingdom eventually fell. Then it fell to the Greeks. Then it fell to the Romans. And now their kingdom has fallen. as Every other kingdom has fallen. And there's been kings to rise to power who had great power and great might and great strength and great money, but they all died. And all their kingdoms are gone and all their houses are gone and all their land is gone and all their trophies are gone and all their rewards that they earn here on earth are gone. It's been destroyed. And Nebuchadnezzar finally got to the place where he seen past his own kingdom and he seen the kingdom of God. And he said, you know what? I may be powerful and I may be strong. You listen to me. Y'all listen. Look up here. Everybody look up here. 
Nebuchadnezzar said, I may be strong and I may be powerful, but there's coming a day that I'm going to die. And all this is going to be gone. And all this is going to be for naught. And I'm going to stand before an almighty God, that same God that stood with those three men. I'm going to stand before him. And I'm going to answer. And he said, I know there's a kingdom greater than mine. You say, preacher, you think Nebuchadnezzar got saved? I really do. I really do. I really think that he got to the place that there's one greater than me. What does it take for a man to get saved, preacher? You get your eyes off of self and get your eyes on Jesus. You get up and you go to work and you put your britches on and you got the strength to drive. You go to work and I built this and I've done this. You didn't do nothing that God didn't allow you to do first. He gave you the breath to breathe, the strength to walk. You can't do it without the Lord. But you can say all of this stuff, I've done this, I've done this, I've done this. But you have to admit this. There's one thing you can't do for yourself. And that's save yourself. Then that's save yourself. I don't know why God compelled me to preach this this morning. But I just feel like in my heart there's somebody here that needs to be saved. That you're in this place of pride. That you're in this place that you're so focused on self. That you can't lose yourself enough. To find him. Would you find him today? Would you humble yourself? The lower you get yourself, the higher he's going to get. He will save your soul. Child of God, when we're going to quit looking at our kingdom, when we're going to quit looking at self and look at his kingdom, there's a greater kingdom. There's a king, kingdom greater than the Republicans. There's a kingdom greater than the Democrats. Hello? There's a kingdom greater than America. There's a kingdom even greater than Russia and North Korea. And it's the kingdom of God. And that king is ruled by a king who's our king. And one day our king's coming. And he's going to step out on them clouds. That eastern sky's going to split wide open. And all of this stuff that we thought was so important. We're going to be like Nebuchadnezzar, Brother Allen. It didn't really matter that much. It wasn't worth it. I killed myself for that. There's coming a day that every man will stand before God. There's coming a day that every man, every woman is going to die. Every individual will leave this old world. And going to stand before the king. You're going to fall down. Before his presence when you get there. Saved or lost. But if you're lost and you fall down at that day. He'll say I never knew you. Depart from me. You're going to fall down before him one day anyway. Start it right now. Start right now. Child of God start right now. Fall down before him and worship him every day. Follow him. Don't let it be about your way anymore. Let it be His. Maybe you can call Him Savior, but you can't really call Him Lord. Child of God, you need to call Him Lord. Make Him the Lord of your life.